What's up, everyone? We are live for a Super Bowl special splash play. You're going to see a lot of familiar faces from our last debaucherous drunken party show, but we're going to we're gonna make it work again one more time for the Super Bowl. I'm Chris Spaggs, joined once again by the man you know and love, the king of Top Shot, whose podcast is soaring up the charts I saw. So, Pete, I feel like we got some bones to pick, but it's Peter Overzet. How are you doing, Pete? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I believe there's another... Uh, Top Shot show going on right now. So if uh, it's hard to compete with Top Shot right now is what I've learned, but we are going to try. We are going to try. And and Pete, actually, I'll let you make the intros because this is the connective Pete cinematic universe is what we've called it before. But I feel like we need to set up our guests appropriately. And you're the man for the job. Yeah, these are my ship chasing bros. Ben Gratch, Pat Corain. We're on ship chasing every Wednesday night at 915 Eastern. And uh, we got to, we had to bring in uh, some friends here for our Super Bowl party we built the uh, the ride or die prop bet sheet, and Spags and I have been cooking up uh, a nice prize for the winner of that. So we'll have more details on that. Yeah, I guess we do want to just announce it now so we can get into the actual things about the game because we brought in two of the really the best minds in, in fantasy and football here for this, in addition to Pete and myself, of course, who are going to ride the coattails today. But our giveaway, we're doing an actual giveaway. We're not doing a troll one. We're not giving away an esoteric autograph. Uh, Pete, you give your half of it because I think yours is really good and mine is just an uncle giving people money. <laughs> So I am I am contributing today. Uh, I'm going to give a man's coin. I know uh, now that it, I, I call it a, a physical non-fungible token. Uh, I hear those are pretty hot right now. And also I went, uh, we are called Splash Play. I believe Steph Curry and Clay Thompson are called the Splash Brothers in the NBA. I went ahead and bought a Steph Curry moment on Top Shot that I will be giving away to the winner of this contest. And I will be throwing in $50 of my hard on money or, or I guess if you want to also get my collection of money hats that Pete and, and Greg Ehrenberg made me shamefully show on here, I will buy you all three of the money hats that I own on Amazon. So that is your choice. The way to enter to win the link in the description right now has a link uh, to a Google form sheet with our 10 prop bets that we thought were fair. They're graded like ride or die picks one, three or 10 point selections for each one. And it will announce the winner on Monday's show. So about as simple as can get here and pete approved the props so i feel like that's that's the main thing here because i you wanted to make sure it was fair right pete and we got i think the most fair prop that she could possibly find yeah you know uh we we have them styled as chris said like ride or die and right off the top here pat why don't you tell people what was uh breaking on twitter with this national anthem stuff <laughs> yeah just as we were about to go live the action network tweeted out someone from outside the tampa bay stadium overhearing the rehearsal and timing it on their phone it came out to 216 so oh man i will be taking the over here i'll tell you that i think we gotta i think we gotta smash the over on this one we might have given a layup here right out of the gate a 10 pointer chris yeah, that is a 10-pointer, too. And uh, the, the bets here, I think, um, you know, some of them are going to be fairly sharp. Some of them, I think we did like some of our advertisers have in the past, where <laughs> soft lines deliberately, where you're not, nobody's <laughs> going to go scoreless with this game. <laughs> yeah, we, you know, we want to give everyone the free square at the top. Uh, should we, should we kind of go through, go through these right now and give our, uh, our gut reactions on which one of these is offering the most value? Yeah, I think, and then we'll build some lineups too. If you guys are hanging out with us live or you're watching after the fact, we are going to at least build one lineup. And the last time we built a lineup on the show with these same men on this show uh, ended up being basically the correct one for a Saturday slate of games. So uh, a lot of potential here, but let's go prop by prop. The first one, the national Wait, anthem we one. Some money no one told me about? <laughs> <laughs> so 
the funny thing there was a i never i don't know if i ever told you guys so we built the the bucks onslaught right and uh i did this private contest with some of the guys from the discord um who had helped me out with a timestamp project or whatever and i won that with the all bucks dummy lineup like i just put it in there as a placeholder lineup to make the contest and it won by like 50 points i think it would have finished like top 25 in the spy on that on that slate too just literally playing all buccaneers so drunken lineups <laughs> no i didn't of course yeah, yeah pete's drunken troll lineup somehow better than our actual lineups <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um let's do the prop bet so i think do we all are we in agreement here that the move for the first one is over 210 or is it now that we're fading some noise maybe uh, a sharp better out there is trying to move lines and fuck us over in the process <laughs> The the thing about this is it would be really interesting if the scale was inverted and over 210 was one point, you know, and if you could try to get more aggressive. But when the high upside is also the sharp side, I feel like everyone's just going to hammer the 10. Gretchen, you're a data guy. What's your stance here on the national anthem, the most important part of any football betting operation? I'd like to pretend like I haven't done a lot of research on prior national anthems, but I definitely have in the past. Uh, I would... Uh, and not like a lot, but I've definitely been in, into this. I, I, my initial lean is like the rehearsal. If anything is going to be shorter, they might hold notes yeah. longer when they're live. Um, so yeah, I, I just love the ten pointer on that. If if the rehearsal was two sixteen, we might get a three minute national. <laughs> Let's take the free square here, guys. <laughs> I think sometimes uh, there is like a nervous energy thing though, where they speed up a little bit more. Cause I do remember that from uh, one of the guys I used to work with at Barcelona used to do like a prop betting guide before like everybody and their mother did a prop betting guide and actually had people. One guy I think was like an <clears throat> orchestra person who chimed in about it and it was timing things too and doing the same thing, not outside the stadium, but like it ended up being like, he was like, yeah, it's a hammer it, hammer it. It's an easy over. And then I guess whoever it was, it might've been Demi Lovato, but it was, I think some like anxious female singer. And then it was like, Oh, she just like burned through it real fast. And ended up actually being under, <laughs> I like this. We need, we need spags putting some of this out here so we can get some non uh, 10 pointers for this. Well, I like, you know, we, we get in the minds of these NFL players and think, you know, maybe they're not up for the big moment, but I like getting in the mind of the national anthem singer too. <laughs> it's also a duet this year too, which some people were wondering if that could make it go longer. You know, are they singing at the same time? Are they alternating lines and going back and Ooh, forth? That's you know? interesting. They would both have to be anxious for it to really speed up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> well, the nervous, nervous energy piles up. Like you've ever been on like with a stream with somebody who's like super true. nervous and it's like, oh, well, now it's awkward for everybody involved. I think it's Correlation, the same dude. Yeah, it's an exactly. <laughs> Parlay, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the anxious energy parlay is the the best rider die pick for the first one. The second question on the prop bet sheet, I feel like we're getting right to the heart of things right away. And the obvious one point of the Chiefs, given that they are the favorite here, the three pointer is the Bucks. But I think the ten pointer of taking one team winning by ten. I mean, I don't know about your guys' thoughts because I haven't had a chance to watch ship chasing this week. And always worth checking out here, along with everything else that that Pete puts out on his YouTube channel or elsewhere. I think that's the main cosign I want to give right away. But Plus 10, I feel like very much in range and a chief smackdown here, I think is a possibility. So I'm curious your guys' thoughts and uh, on just, is it worth taking the 10 pointer here and, and expecting a blowout? My gut reaction was, man, I just want to play the 10 pointer. You can get it both ways uh, potentially, but I also feel like it could be a bit of a trap that most of the fields goes with the 10 pointer. I assume the ownership on that could be 70, 80% of the field you play, uh, I think though the hard thing is, man, the 10x just the Chiefs winning, 
I I think you almost have to take the ten pointer here. Yeah, you, you can't go? take the Chiefs for one. You got to take the the Chiefs for ten mm-hmm. and just play play for it big. There's almost no opportunity cost. If you think the Bucks are going to win, then I think you could talk yourself into the three points. Yeah, Gretch, what what page are you on here? One of my favorite bets is the uh, the Chiefs by seven to twelve. We know mm-hmm. that they like the point differential was a big thing that was discussed a lot. We know that they let teams sort of back into games <clears throat> when these teams played in the regular season. It's week twelve, late in the year. Similar personnel. Antonio Brown was in his fourth game with the Bucks. Le'Veon Bell was already with the Chiefs. Not that he's really relevant anymore, but it's not like it was way back in the beginning of the year. Um, the Chiefs only won by three, but they were up seventeen going into the fourth. The Bucs are a team that likes to throw a lot, and if they're trailing, they're going to try to score to catch up. There is this potential for like a backdoor cover. Um, so I like the seven to twelve range, where you know you could land on seven or you could land on ten if the Chiefs are blowing out. But anyway, I, I would take the the ten plus point situation. But uh, it would it it will be interesting to see if if the Chiefs only end up winning by like say seven because they give up a late touchdown to what will be an aggressive Bucks team late if, if yeah. they're happy. So we're all agreed then that there's value in the 10 plus, but who do we actually think is going to win? Cause I think it's sort of a different thing for a contest like this one that we're doing amongst ourselves. Like Pat, who do you think actually wins the game? Because you know, you've been a noted fan of some bucks, some bucks who are no longer important to the bucks apparently. So I feel like maybe you might have a little more of a bucks lean. <laughs> well, and I also just listened to Bill Simmons podcast. So I'm, I've got like, you know, an hour and a half of straight Tom Brady propaganda <laughs> in my brain, but I still think it's the Chiefs who are going to win. Um, I just I think they're the better team. I think they have the the better quarterback. I think they had the harder road to get here. Um, and I think the Buccaneers are playing the wrong running back right now. So I'll take the <laughs> surprise. Did did Simmons have any crazy takes? Not really. I mean, he was really big on. Um, well, he loves Leonard Fournette, so that, that wasn't one of the ever. Yeah. Oh, he wants it to. He, he bet, and you know they do kind of these like um, these dollars that they throw around for this contest thing they do. But he, they were like, should we take Fournette for like sixty yards or seventy yards, or or should we go eighty or hundred? They were like, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, so we'll see how that goes. But his over under is like forty. <laughs> <laughs> um. But he's he's really excited that Tom Brady gets to sleep in his own bed the night before the game. He thinks that's a huge edge. <laughs> well, it's yeah. practically a home game. I don't know if you guys have heard. So that's yeah, that's yeah I, I have heard that. I can yeah. just imagine Bill being like, "It'll be just like he's in Chestnut Hill right before heading out to Foxborough." <laughs> At the end, he literally screams like, "Let's go, Tom Brady, go Pats!" Oh, like he's wow. just yeah, yeah. It's pretty wild. He's gonna steal the win for Pats Nation if Brady yep. gets the dub. Can yeah, we well, talk for a second, by the way? I know because we're never gonna have a chance to talk about this again. And I'm not in the you know, you don't shoot upwards overall. Like, I don't care. Like, I don't need to take shots at Bill Simmons, but I love the man and I've read the man since he was on page two when I was like in high school and to print out a column yeah, to yeah. read like during commutes. And holy shit, is his podcast not good anymore? Like a lot <laughs> of the days, like that some of the shows with Jack McMullen where he's talking about things, I just like I can't take it and I feel bad because I, you know, it just happens. I don't want to be one of those guys on Reddit who are just mad at a thing for existing, but like man does he not care and i get it he's made so much money but it just drives me insane yeah I have a, are you a regular listener pat no i'm not I, I i don't tend to listen that much anymore but i do like cousin sal so i listen to the show that they did for the super bowl props cousin cousin sal's really big on ricky seals jones <laughs> to catch the last reception in the game which is an absurd <laughs> is that like a thousand to one 
It's not even. It's like two fifty or something. It's not high enough. I mean, what you, are the true odds of that? Like, it has to be astronomical. It's like three. I'm gonna look up how many routes he's even run because I don't even know if he's been running routes. Like, he, I think he said he's been playing like eighteen percent of the snaps. <laughs> How is that even a problem? Showed last catch of the entire game. The needle you are threading there is microscopic. He's like the Chiefs win by fifteen. Well, you think they win by a lot? Yeah. You think they win by a lot? Maybe they maybe they pull Kelsey. You know. (laughs) Oh my god! I think I'm more a Nick Kaiser guy. He ran for the period of week 1 through the conference championship Ricky Seals Jones uh per PFF ran uh you guys want to guess this is a fun a fun over under type show sometimes right you guys tell me how many routes Ricky Seals Jones ran from week 1 through the conference championship under 10 the entire season he the ran entire season every game all year all right I'll 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 jump in 27 routes I'll say 16, but half of them were on the last play of the game. Yeah, I'll, I'll take nine. I feel like because he didn't even play for a portion of the year, I feel like. So, I, I, yeah, I think I'll take nine. Four. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind of crazy, like how all these guys, I mean, and again, look, I'm not going to, I don't want to bash Simmons at our, or even Sal. Like I actually had an introductory conversation during my, my kicking around period with the extra points network who um, has a fantasy podcast helmed by Turtle. And uh, some lady. <laughs> so that's uh, a fun spot to be. And, you know, and honestly, I enjoy selling all that stuff. But to me, this is like the difference where you listen to that those kind of things. And I love guest the lines. I'll still listen every week. But like some of the betting takes, like I don't get. They've spent tens of thousands of dollars, probably more over the years, betting every single year. Like how do you not go, man? I wonder. Like, is there a way to get better at this? Like, <laughs> it just hasn't changed at all. Well, so I haven't listened to any of the previous podcasts, but apparently, he is picked every single winner correctly in this year's playoffs <laughs> really yeah wow. that's that's what uh that's what he and peter schrager say they've done so All I'll, right. uh, I'll just have to trust him at taking so, so we're locking up the bucks then i guess <laughs> that's some OG yeah well there. i will say after listening to them i i considered that maybe i was underrating the bucks chances i have been hunting for a line on ronald jones mvp but i haven't seen it yet <laughs> <laughs> You're disgusting. I mean, Damian Williams had, you know, the performance of a lifetime in the Super Bowl last year and didn't win the MVP. I will yeah, say, well. one, I love the idea of just like there's a, a bet on DraftKings where you can do position of, of MVP. It's QB. It's minus 305. Like that's a pretty – I love that bet. But I, as I thought through that, I was writing it up uh, this week. I was thinking, you know, the team that could win – by not throwing a lot would be the Bucks. So I actually kind of like if you're going to take go on. Ronald Jones literally might be the only other player that could win the MVP besides the quarterbacks. If he runs for 200 yards, Fournette's not doing that. Yeah, and Brady throws a couple picks like he did last week, and then just the only uh, three times in the last 11 years that a non QB won it were two defensive players. The Seahawks win when they were already up 29-0 when Russell Wilson threw his first of only two touchdowns, and they're already dominating. And then the Peyton Manning Broncos, he didn't throw a TD. And the Patriots, 13-3, to went over the Rams. Brady also didn't throw a TD. So if we, basically, if a QB throws a touchdown or two, they're going to win it. That's that's the way it's been lately. <clears throat> okay. So that, that's know one they don't bet. throw to Ronald Jones. But <laughs> if the Bucs somehow <laughs> dominate on the ground and Ronald Jones dominates. What, just as like a very dumb thought experiment, what would be like – 
what would Rojo? Is there any way? And I, we can throw out a number as ridiculous as we want that Rojo would have to put up to win MVP in a loss. Like if Ronald Jones rushed for 500 yards in a loss. No, he wouldn't win MVP. <laughs> he wouldn't. And the rhetoric would be like, should have played Fournette more. <laughs> oh, I just imagine Pat holding his Ronald Jones MVP to get after he rushed for 500 yards. <laughs> because of like a missed extra point at the end. Yeah. <laughs> it's like an old timey horse racing guy. Somehow he has a hat that he takes off and stamps and it never gains its shape back after that. <laughs> oh my God. All right. Well, by the looks of this, we'll be done with this prop betting sheet at midnight. Uh, <laughs> first penalty called offensive holding pass interference, personal foul. This is one that we got from Twitter too. So I want to give credit, even though I don't remember who actually gave it to us. <laughs> That's when I want to give credit to somebody somewhere who it was, but that, I mean, I, I feel like these, this could go any of the ways holding seems like the safe one just to take. But I mean, if anybody wants to take a personal foul, maybe things get chippy between this, this game where everybody has respected each other so loudly and fully throughout the entire two weeks. Yeah, I'll take offensive holding just uh, so that I'm not purely taking the plus AV bet every single time because that just seems late. <laughs> it feels like the 10 pointer here is another hey, one that makes sense. Foul, man. Yeah. <laughs> just every time. <laughs> Pete, which way do you want to go? Yeah, man. Personal foul. That I think it it is. It is interesting to think it could get chippy that early, right? Well, just roughing the passer, you know, just a bad sack. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe P.I. is the answer. If they're going to come out, I mean, both teams are likely to throw a lot in this game. I think pass interference is probably offering the most value. I think that's a fair way to look at it. I, yeah, pass interference, like holding to me seems safe, but pass interference, given especially if the Chiefs get the ball first, like the Bucks have been kind of dirty, I think, throughout the year, and you know, or at least during the playoffs, I feel like they've been playing a little more aggressive, so I don't mind it. The... um. Yeah, that one's interesting. I, I'm surprised we should have had uh, someone crunch the numbers on, uh, you know, how many plays uh, we normally expect, the average time that the first penalty is called. I'm sure someone could crunch this info for us. I do know that the Bucks are overwhelming favorites to get the ball first because they, the last two times they won the coin toss, they chose to receive. Most teams defer, but they like to get their offense going. So there's some expectation that regardless of who wins, the Bucks will get the ball first because they would receive or the, and the Chiefs would defer. Gotcha. Interesting. Um, okay. We have how many combined passing yards? So for 621 or under is one point, 622 to 663, and over 660, 10 points here. Um, my gut here, because I was looking at some of the passing props earlier today, and I want to say the averages were around 320, 330 for those guys. I kind of like the 10 pointer. Yeah, I the the six twenty one number was because I think that was what the over unders were combined for Brady and uh, Mahomes. Uh, I know from my my time here running the Splash Play Sportsbook, <laughs> that was how I put it together. And I, I think to me, like the six sixty one, I feel like it's kind of a trap, but also the one that I would want to take. So I think six sixty would be my pick. Right, too. those are always the, the best bets, the ones that feel like kind of a trap, but you know, it's, it's a high over game, and you've got two guys that should throw a lot, and one can kind of you know sub in for the other if. If you know, what Brady, about the, the, a little light or whatever? 
to, to Pete's point about flipping, what, what if this was flipped? What if it was 580 or under, you know, 40 yards under the combined total that Spags just explained was our 10-pointer? Would you guys like 580 or under? I think I wouldn't like that. Yeah. No, That'd be tougher, either. for sure. Yeah. And I did just look. This is a good line, Spags. I, I was looking at what uh, Cardi had in the Blitz, although this is technically just for Brady and Mahomes, whereas this prop would include a trick play Mm-hmm. from someone else sure. as well but he had them combined the two quarterbacks for 648 which would put you right in the sweet spot of that three-pointer yeah me and Derek Hardy great minds thinking alike that's really <laughs> that's what I want to hear I, I just think to me like no matter what the game script is like really the only game script that I think it goes under by a meaningful amount or or at all is if the Bucks get ahead and then that defense really does amazing things that they don't seem capable of but besides that, if the Chiefs get ahead, they're probably getting there because Mahomes throws for a lot. Then Brady has to throw over and over again to get there. Like, I just don't see how it doesn't go under or, or how it does go under. And I don't see how it doesn't go over the 660. The 660 mark to me is just like, that just feels like an easy one. An easy, the easiest 10-pointer we'll probably have. Yeah, if there, if there weren't points here, I'd still kind of want to go 660. So to get the 10-pointer mm-hmm. along with it, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. I could see, I mean, going through these... I mean, you can so far you can definitely justify a ten pointer on all of them. We haven't well, found a ten pointer that isn't probably good EV. Isn't that the right move? Because in order to go at the three point, it has to be the you know three times more likely. Right. Well, in this particular contest, you have different constraints too, though, right? Like you, you essentially you want to get them all correct. It, the points are almost funny money. Like yeah, it's it's ten times as much, but anytime you go ten and miss. Well, that's where the game theory comes in because yeah. the most logical one is probably going to be duped by um, the majority of the field. This is a very top-heavy contest. I yeah. think all of our prizes are going. <laughs> you got to pick some right? 15 seats. You, you got. You just got to do it. <laughs> yeah, I think going ten everywhere and pivoting like two to three spots. That's how okay. I would play. So that's it. You got to play like a GPP. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Maybe here we can get one. This one seems like yeah, it could be interesting this is a here. Good one. Who scores first TD? We got Tyreek and Kelsey one point. Ch Durrell Evans Godwin QB rush for net three points, and then the field for the ten pointer. This one which includes fun. Rojo oh, and Ricky. Yeah, Sue let me just Jones. see who's included. Yeah, I'll take the field. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, we really uh, needled Pat by not including Rojo in that second tier there. Yeah, thanks, thanks, man. <laughs> but nobody gets 10 points then so that's even better like it's, yeah i'm good with it. <laughs> i mean the, the field you're basically hoping it's like an anthony sherman play or i guess hardman trickery maybe hardman gets a, a return touchdown and, or i guess you know demarcus robinson's gonna be available too so maybe him but like you're really going for scraps i think there's the most value in the three-point group but this would be one i would consider scraps. taking a one-pointer <laughs> oh, sorry. scraps plus rojo my apologies the, the one the, the bet i made on first td was evans because of what i just said a bit ago about the bucks being likely to get the ball first maybe they don't score in the first drive but that also means you know they get two of the first three drives it does at least increase the the possibility it's like one thing i have on the bucks because i'm very heavy on the chiefs but um having said that the only bucks here are evans godwin fournette brady so you said scraps, but we do get Gronk. We get Antonio yeah. Brown or Tyler Johnson or one of these other guys. Or Hardman, Watkins, Demarcus Robinson. 
Yeah, it's I'm better than I gave it credit specifically for. Specifically on the on the argument that the Bucks might be more likely to score first, though. There's not a lot of Bucks that are taken, so I, I like the field. I think this is going to be a spot where a lot of people pivot to the three because this is one of the more comfortable three pointers. So if you want to get an extra ten pointer in there and then pivot somewhere else, you should you should join me on the field. I think Marie Gronk part would be the part that scares me the most that not taking the field. Like, I feel like just one of those guys getting a, a pass where all the attention goes to Evans or Godwin or like, I just feel like that's sort of the way that that could happen very easily. So I think it's a good point. I don't know what I would want to take out of this. And we had a question in the chat spags that DST touchdown is the field. Correct. Yeah, I think so. All right, there we go. Okay. Here's another fun one. I was talking about this one with court Smith earlier. What color Gatorade will be dumped? You got the chalk orange red at one point lime clear at three points or the blue purple at 10 points. I know earlier today, court Smith liked orange at plus plus one twenty five. Does anyone silly bet to say out loud? <laughs> yeah. It's like there- betting on the stadium games where like the cars are going around the entire arena. Uh, you know, there was a lot of steam on purple coming in late. Um, you know, apparently a guy uh, had a, a massive telescope in the parking lot. He saw the Gatorade employees bringing it in, thought he saw a dark shade. So I don't know. Do with that what you will. Wasn't that the thing last year was they were like, it's going to be purple because of Kobe. And it's like, that's how they're going to honor his memory. And then it was not purple by any stretch. <laughs> that's funny. Wow. <coughs> um, this, this feels like a, a, a beat, like a beatable market, right? Like, isn't it? You said he likes orange. This feels like one where you don't have to go ten. The odds of it being a long shot. Well, who likes orange? Do we have inside <laughs> here? Court. He said court. Did. I didn't. Oh, court, court likes court. orange. I thought. We, I thought like Brady really liked. Brady loved it. <laughs> I heard Brady part of the TV twelve method. And when I say court likes orange, not the bet. He just loves the drink. Says it's really refreshing. <laughs> Did you guys, when I was a kid, I, like my my dad was always very frugal and he wouldn't buy the, like the Gatorade bottles. He would buy the powder and it tilted me to no end because all the other kids would have the orange Gatorade and I'd had the orange powder that you mix in with the water and it never tasted the same. That's like borderline traumatic. I feel like. Thank for a you. Kid. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you. Oh, sorry, dude. <laughs> No one else can relate you to this. You're the kid I was laughing at. <laughs> <laughs> right. They call you poor Pete because of your catering. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing, the orange powder was okay. The lime powder, though, and too, that was just really yeah, gross. Yeah, yeah. Gross. sorry guys, I just had to share that. Wait, so it wasn't as good either. Like it just, like it no. had the electrolytes, but the taste wasn't there. Exactly. That's probably something my dad said too. Hey, it's got the electrolytes. I don't care if the taste is in there. <laughs> um also lots of buying like rc cola instead of coca-cola in my house the sam's club brand code it's like come on dad like um, rc cola is trash (laughs) get a jolt cola if you're gonna go that way get some extra caffeine in your life get a heart attack when you're 10 (laughs) (laughs) okay this one looks good again here too um who has more combined catches tyreek and kelsey evans and godwin tight end wide receiver Field combined. Projection wise, it's going to be Tyreek and Kelsey, I think, by any metric. So I think you're you're deviating from the median projection right away if you don't take the one pointer. 
That's obvious. I'm just, I just yeah. need to say it out loud. Well, <laughs> no, we all think you're fucking crazy for how you say it. <laughs> me, me, Pat, and Pete need uh, Evans to catch about 15 balls for, yeah. for a playoff fantasy team that we did. So that's what I want to see happen. We are also getting all oh you oh so the running backs aren't in here okay that's a big deal yeah yeah this is this is a really good one it does it does seem hard to top I mean Tyreek and Kelsey I mean in the prop markets they're at what like seventeen or eighteen probably combined catches yeah I think projection wise you can probably get to twenty on you know most of the projections out there so last week they had twenty two. And the rest of the Chiefs receivers and tight ends had five. That's but then you still get the the Bucks guys there the, too. The right? Bucks side, the Bucks yeah. field. Yeah, there's a pathway for the Bucks. Like it's Godwin getting 15 targets and then catching 13 of them, and Evans getting to eight. Like I feel like that's the that's but it's a slim margin I think for the three pointer. Where what happened to the Evans Godwin uh, uncorrelated narrative? Is that did that die with Brady? Is there still anything to that? It used to be was it was like that Evans is better versus man to man and Godwin's better versus zone. I feel like was the thing last year because Godwin had better days versus the Saints or something. But I I think that's mostly dead though. Yeah, this one this one is really good. Um, I'm taking I'm taking the ten pointer, or I'm taking Kelsey and Tyreek. I think Evans and Godwin is the just say it the fish play the the fish play the lowest <laughs> EV play. That's my. I'd take, the, I'd take the 10 pointer too, and then I'd take a I'd move off a 10 pointer somewhere else. This would be another one of my pivots because I think this is another spot where people will be like, I can't take the 10 pointer every time. <laughs> Except I see the look in your iPad. You're gonna take that 10 pointer every time. <laughs> Almost every time. <laughs> uh, all right. That was there's a good just one. a lot of players in that field, right? Yeah. Like if one of Tyreek or Kelsey only catches five balls, which isn't crazy. Um, you get right, you get Gronk. If Rojo lines up wide as a wide receiver, are we counting that? We, um, they won't come out in the box score. So no, <laughs> that's a level of detail beyond what we can do. It's going to be part of his 500 yard performance is he's catching a couple Hail Mary bombs. Uh, and, as then, well. and then Pete, you got a whole off season of me talking about how they used him in the slot. <laughs> 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 so look forward to that. All right. I do think the, the, non Tyreek wide receivers are kind of interesting just because of the way Tyreek totally torched this team. Like, you know, they're going to be focusing on, on shutting him down. So maybe a slightly more equity on those guys than usual. Yeah. All right. Next one here. Who has more combined carries CH and Fournette Darrell and Rojo field combined. To me, this feels like the first um, one where the 10 pointer isn't really in play. Yep. Unless you got a Le'Veon Bell, is LaShawn McCoy even have a shot at being active? Like you're hoping for the weird <laughs> Renaissance game. I, I think the Darrell Rojo is the, the value play here because you know Jones has been getting enough touches, even though he's been playing less snaps, and Darrell could easily out snap CEH and maybe out touch him, you know, if things are running hot. So I would go to three pointer. Yeah, the uh, one pointers are the receiving backs. I like the three pointer as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think the three pointer. That one. It's it's still pretty good there, right? Because it's kind of mixed. Because you would imagine Rojo could out carry Fournette, but I, I, where are you guys at right now with the Ch Durrell split? Because I feel like that's a huge conversation for Showdown as well. 
Well, this is specifically carries. I carries, think there's yeah. definitely upside yeah. that CEH could play a lot, a lot more than he did in the conference championship. He's two more weeks, you know, healed up. He, he got in full practices. There's reason to believe that. But as far as carries, I mean, Darrell's a guy they like. That he's he's about 20 pounds heavier. He's they use him uh, three times inside the 10 last week, and CEH once. They they both scored. But I think they like him on short yardage. I mean, it, even if CH plays a lot more, he's going to run routes, but they, it might be like 10 to 8 on the carries, you know? They're not going to run a ton anyway, so. Yeah. I I, I lean toward the three-pointer. Yeah, I think I, I think it's a three-pointer, but yeah, that's. If this were touches, a lot harder. But the yeah. fact that it's carries, I think the three-pointer is the best value. Also, uh, this. This one thing in the chat, like I don't even know what to make of it, but the the Andy Reid's son getting in a car wreck, and then it's not. Yeah, that's why I zoned out for Pete's uh, Gatorade story because I was like, "What?" Yeah, yeah, Pro Football Talk has it. I guess I just <clears throat> saw that and looked it up. Yeah, it's on the yes, was... too. So yeah, Burt Reid, the son of the Chiefs head coach Andy Reid, the team's outside linebackers coach, was involved in a multi-car accident Thursday night that left a five-year-old child with life-threatening injuries, according to a team statement and the police report. Goodness. That's not great. No. Andy Reid's kids. That just that's that's tough. That, that probably the less said the better for me, especially. Yeah, it's a good topic. Yeah, the spags. I've, normally, you're ready to walk to the line of getting yourself canceled on these shows. You're showing some great maturity. Well, no, you got Pat and Gretch here. I don't want to rope you guys in. Pete, you know, Pete's, <laughs> Pete's Teflon, old Teflon Pete with his, his dollar drinks, his <laughs> his Bosco chocolate milk, and his Gatorade. <laughs> um. All right, here we go. This was, I believe Eric Belair suggested this one. What will be the longest TD? Less than 40 yards, one point. 40 to 74 yards, three points. 75 plus yards, 10 points. Tyreek had a 75-yard touchdown on the dot when these guys played last time. I remember that game. And he had a 44-yarder in the same game. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the three-pointer here. I think 75-plus is pretty hard but I think it's fun to go that there's going to be at least one long one. That 40 to 74 yard gap is a, encompasses a lot of shot plays around midfield. Teams like to take shots in that area. That's what I would bet. Yeah. The game theory one uh, on this one, I do feel like the three pointer will be the most popular. Um, Pat, oh, I can oh, so I'm just, the, I'm just the chalk donkey. Is oh, you're a chalk donkey. Totally <laughs> right. Pat's here thinking about the 10 pointer. I can tell. No, you're wrong, Pete. I'm thinking about the one. Wow, what a nit. <laughs> this is the spot where you just you just take the one, then you can take those other tens. Because I think you're right. I think the three people are going to like that. So Rojo's only going to have a 39-yard touchdown run? <laughs> yeah, but he'll have two of them. <laughs> yeah, the three-pointer to me looks like the most prices right. Like if you're just, you know, I don't know why it just comes to prices right. Everything I think about gambling, I learned from prices right. And I feel like if you're just trying to, like you're not getting too greedy with the plus 75, you're still, I think, playing into the logic. Uh, 40 to 74, maybe the chalk play, but I feel like that's the one that I would take too. Spags, you were a little, you were a little hard on Bill Simmons then if uh, everything you learned about gambling <laughs> came from prices right. Well, it's totally different because the yodelers and Plinko, you know, those are real games of skill. That you <laughs> the oh my goodness. Yeah, I... I agree. I don't think I'm gonna. Oh, I'm almost gonna spill my beer. Um, I think I'm gonna go one or ten pointer. I I might go. I might yolo it with ten here. Oh wow! So the, that was that look was in your eyes, Pete, not mine. 
Yeah, I'm just I'm just imagining another Tyreek Hill, you know, 75 yard TD. Book You're wearing the splash play sweatshirt. I feel like you have to represent the brand and take the 10 pointer. That's right. Yeah. Available on Teespring now that all the ones and ones of you can buy. Hopefully, <laughs> several of them, several <laughs> several dozen, if you can. Another so one. Another okay. one that includes uh, return touchdowns, right? So if you have a defense TD or a kick oh. return or a punt return, you might be up in the 75-yard probability. Double dipping on this prop right here. <clears throat> well, that makes the 10 a little bit more interesting than the 3 in some ways, right? Is this the end? Where's the showcase showdown? <laughs> no, no, no. We're, this is the end for the the uh, the prop bet. Right yeah, I know. Actually. You guys got to have a, you know, a showcase showdown. Like uh, – how many yards, like seven players, are gonna have in total, and you have to just come up with a number? We probably should have put in a tiebreaker, Spags, like a number. Yeah, I assumed our tiebreaker will just be who do we like more, and then we're just gonna pretend <laughs> <Yeah>. it's random. <laughs> that's, that's what we do sometimes. I don't know. I mean, that's what I hear other shows do. The buzz on the street. Here's what we'll do: if someone ties, we'll get them into a stream yard, and we will record a, a best of twenty one rock paper scissors battle. <laughs> We got to fill that off-season content somehow. Yes, <laughs> my computer was lagging. I'm sorry. Let me not uh, do that because I want to. I want to get some money down on it. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. And finally, who will win the Super Bowl MVP? Obviously, quarterbacks to chalk here. One point. The uh, the good options: Sands Rojo here at three points. The other ones, and then you have the field at ten points. Pat Rojo. <laughs> Give me the field, baby. I mean, this is one where it is. Plus EV to take the one pointer. I think there it is. Yeah, taking a quarterback is is minus three hundred. I said, which I thought was a good number. I think I saw elsewhere it was it was longer. And pretty much every other player is ten to one or worse. Like you're talking about, I don't know. You have to add up all those odds. But I think you would wind up mathematically just looking at the the odds that that the one pointer is is plus EV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the other thing people have been talking about um, this week is if you think the Bucs are going to win, just bet Brady to win MVP instead of the Bucks money line because it's better odds and the likelihood of the Bucs winning and someone other than Brady winning MVP. Pat, go ahead. No, I mean, you're right. Like <laughs> They're going to be dying to give Brady the MVP. He's going to he's, needs to throw for like 97 yards to win MVP in this game. <laughs> I mean, the, the entire press corps who's going to be voting on this are a bunch of Bill Simmons. You know? like, yeah, they're ready 100%. To they're ready to vote Tom Brady. Yeah, the the sharp move here is to take the one pointer. This is a uh, kind of a kind of a layup, I think. All right, so yeah. there we got the link in the description. Uh, you know, so check that out. That's the one way to enter. And then the prizes once again. Pete is giving away one of his cherished Top Shot cards that he bought just for this, a Steph Curry assist, along with a man's coin. And I'm giving fifty dollars straight cash via Venmo. So that is a prize <laughs> for this prop sheet. <laughs> you, you have this like uh, inferiority complex about the gift. Like I went out to do a really thoughtful gift and you're just like the guy that puts a 20 in the birthday card and says, knock yourself out, kid. I just wish I had like coins from my old stand-up bit that I did five years ago. <laughs> I could give away. I don't fucking have anything. So I just gotta, I just have to give people money to buy friendship. I got, I got the man's coin right there. Oh, there it is. Uh, there I don't it is. have a man's coin. I feel like it's us. Does Gretch have one too? Does everybody have I don't. I wish though, uh, or I hope though that you guys have a fifty-way split and you have to vote <laughs> fifty people one dollar. That's my hope. <laughs> We're gonna teach everyone about fractional investing when I cut up this man's coin with <laughs> Dude, please cut up a man's coin and send it to different people through the mail. Please. <laughs> Speaking of childhood memories, did you ever have the cut coat uh, knife salesman come to your house and? Demo? I never did. 
I know what you're talking about, but one of their main, you know, show off things was the Cutco scissors and they would cut a quarter in half. I remember being like, mom, we got to get these. Like, that's a pretty powerful. (laughs) So that was why you had to get the cheap Gatorade because you were spending all your money. Can you imagine all the times we could need to cut a coin? (laughs) (laughs) And is there anything more 90s than just inviting someone into your home to sit at your kitchen table and cut up a quarter? What the hell are we doing? (laughs) Weren't they the ones that did the shoe? Like in in the commercial or whatever? I, I'm not familiar with that one. Oh, there was like a knife that they would just like slice through a shoe. <laughs> I would have done the shoe demonstration in my house. I feel like it, it like shows in movies. There was always like salesmen coming over and rooting part of the house to show their wares. Like, oh, if you spill wine or if you like rip this woman's dress off, then it's like, oh, we can repair it easily with this foam spray. I also remember too, like I would always be doing fundraisers for stuff, you know, sports teams and whatever. I have so many memories of going door to door in my neighborhood being like, do you want to buy a Marie Callender's pie? And just like, I feel like I spent half my childhood doing that. That's what made you the people person you are today. I would say. Yeah. Except now uh, I don't have anything to sell. I need some pies to sell again. Apparently should we build a showdown lineup? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. And then we should pander for likes too. If you're watching in the live chat or you're watching after the fact, hit that like button. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or if you're, oh wait, we got a Cutco salesman. Wow, here we go. (laughs) I always did a penny for the demo. Oh my gosh. Is a penny easier to cut because it's copper? See, that's the thing, Chris. It's a a little thinner maybe? Yeah, I would think so. Maybe, Chris, was it standard to do the penny or am I a mat? I might've made up the quarter thing. I mean, if this was in your corporate rules that it had to be a penny, I mean, I'm going to default to you on this one. (laughs) Do not use a quarter. We've been over this. Or they're just like, it can't do a quarter, only pennies. If you do a quarter, you're going to look like an asshole. (laughs) We had to let Larry go. He used to quarter again. (laughs) Man, you got to love the internet. Uh, You can just talk about a Cutco salesman and he materializes out of thin air. That's pretty good. The odds of that are very low. This is not like a thousand person stream right here. <laughs> we just have, maybe we have a big Cutco following. <laughs> and we got Willis going door to door selling uh, candles. So we were all in them streets. <laughs> yeah, it was part of the demo, cut a penny. <laughs> God, I want to cut a penny so bad right now. <laughs> all right, let's pull the lineup. Have you guys built any showdown lineups yet? I started I and it just felt like everything I was doing was going to be super chalky. Yeah. So no, I have not entered anything yet. All right. So I was looking, I was running some of the optimals and stuff today. Spags, have you been looking at this stuff yet? I'm waiting until Sunday. I'm wait, I'm going to do it last minute and then go in fresh with like really no thought. I haven't even run a sim yet. I'm just going, I'm full bareback in this one in the hopes that that's really what's held me back. weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so i mean as far as captain the early ownership is mahomes probably gonna double up everyone else at captain ownership looking like 20 percent or so and then you have hill kelsey godwin and brady all within the like eight to twelve percent range for for captain ownership 
I mean, the move is usually to go with one of the pass catchers because QBs are always over-owned, even though they do like usually sim the best as having the best chance to be the captain. It's like they're too expensive. So going, I think going to Tyreek, Kelsey, or Godwin and Evans would be what I would think is the move, but for captain. I like that. Is Evans lower, Peter? Did you just yeah? No, he's even a little chunk below those guys. Uh, I think ETR has him at only five or six percent captain ownership. Yeah, Osmo's got him at seven point four. Godwin at eight point three. I mean, leads the team in end zone targets. Led the team in touchdowns by five in the regular season. Had two touchdowns in the postseason already. Uh, captain, you probably want a multi-touchdown game. If he's going to be super low owned, I don't like that. Seems like a pretty pretty decent uh, move. I he's, yeah. he's so far my favorite leverage play, and I'm also trying to detach my bias from the fact that we need him to yeah. have a 400 point. We, we game. needed to do better than Brady, so we need to do an Evans Gabbert stack. Yeah, there'd be no, yeah, we're getting so greedy. We're trying to win 1.5 million uh, on Sunday. Um, yeah. I, I'm definitely on board with the Evans captain, unless Spags, you want to go a different direction. You like that? No, I think Evans is good. Single digit ownership, uh, you know, has the upside. I think the touchdown equity is a big part. Like it's something he's legitimately getting more end zone targets, more red zone targets. Like I think people treat Godwin and Evans like they're the same play and Edwin, like Evans is cheaper and he has more touchdown equity. So I think he's a, an obvious yeah. captain. So then the, then, I mean, I was talking about this today too. Obviously Evans is positively correlated with Brady, but of the pass catchers, he's the probably least correlated with Brady of, you know, Godwin, AB and those guys. So I don't think you necessarily have to play Brady with him, but you probably do. I would still put Brady in. I think I would too. And partly because you are playing for those touchdowns that are, that are short touchdowns. So. Yep. He's not going to rack up like, 15 catches probably. Yeah. And then the other one thing about this, I, I was looking at optimals today and I do think the most popular construction is going to be, you know, Mahomes, Kelsey Hill captain, and then playing the other two of them jamming all three studs. You use Rojo for salary relief at 2200. And then you pick up two of the DeMarcus Robinson, Sammy Watkins kickers, anyone sub 2000. I think that's going to be, the chalk construction. And so we're already off of that, you know, with an Evans Brady, cause we're not going to be able to fit all three chief studs. That's what I was building when I was messing around. I was building that exact, <laughs> exact yeah. structure. Like, <laughs> I think going to be too popular. Yeah. I think it's be pretty popular unless you want to toss in Ricky seals Jones there as uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> how cheap is yeah. Watkins? Watkins is pretty cheap. 4,200. Okay. So all right, that's that's not that bad. That's not that bad. Just throw in all those Q tags and hope that no one plays them. <laughs> the Q tags probably are pretty helpful for ownership, keeping it in check. Um, well, especially right. if people are jamming, you know, that construction you mentioned. They're not going to put Watkins in with that. No, no. Um, you know, I do. So then the other thing I guess we should think about is just our overall um, construction if we want to go you, you box heavy. But let's be honest. You want to tell a story right now. Tell a story, Ben. <laughs> no, I want you. Sounds like you want to tell, tell a story. story I, I'm sitting down. And, no, like, no, no. I, well, I, was about, I was about to say there's a couple different stories we can tell, and we need to decide which story we want. Okay. To tell. All right. Well, <laughs> well, let me just say 
we're already telling a story where Ronald Jones has a bad game. So <laughs> I will release this from that. We're, we're not playing Ronald Jones in this lineup. Don't worry. I would think the story with this one is that the Chiefs get up early. Brady has to chuck from behind. So I think you still have to take one of Hill and Kelsey and then probably one of the running backs from the Chiefs. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, do you guys have a preference on Hill or Kelsey? I Here's something interesting I found this week. So Kel, uh, Hill crushed, right, yeah. last time these teams played. But I thought it was interesting. He had 226 air yards, which is a massive number. It's probably – I didn't look this up, but I, I looked it up at some point in season what the highest single-game air yards totals were across the league. And I think at that time it was like 240 or 250. I'm guessing his 226 and the last time they played was – top 10 single game for any player all year. Uh, maybe it was top 15 or top 20. In that same game, though, Miko Hardman also had over 100 air yards. They were attacking them downfield like crazy. It was one of, I think, only three games where Hardman had that many air yards. Um, and the Bucs have been beat over the top. It's interesting that that's how the Chiefs attacked them. It's it's also what we saw last week, uh, Marcus Valdez-Scantling. And secondary receivers. Marcus Valdez-Scantling beat him for a 50-yard touchdown last week. Traquan Smith got wide open for a 56-yard touchdown the week before. Kind of like everybody's sort of sick of playing Nicole Hardman, but if you're not going to play Hill and stuff, it could be that Hardman gets loose out of a three wide receiver set because they've seemed to have some leaks in the Tampa Tampa secondary against these secondary receivers. I was thinking could about you playing both. You, you think you could with all those areas the way that they attacked them last time? Like I think you could. Well, my thought too was like if they're watching the tape from their last game, they have to be saying to themselves, we cannot let Tyreek Hill do this yeah, to us yeah. again. You think they're watching the tape, Pete? You don't think that the Super Bowl team, you think maybe they're just not looking at tape at all? And just, you know, <laughs> it's, it's tough. Maybe they're going bareback. The fact that they're able to sleep in their own homes, you know, you got DVRs just absolutely loaded up. I'm sure, you know, uh, Arians has Hulu Plus, all that stuff. So I'm, I'm not, you know, convinced he's watching the game tapes. Back. He's watching WandaVision, which is, I think, <laughs> really taking a turn. Um, all right. So what did we decide? I, I think the Bucks have pretty athletic linebackers as well. So kind of lean towards Tyree Kill. I like Ben's point about them going over the top, but I kind of, I'm a little intrigued with a Tyree Kill, Mikkel Hardman combo. I think yeah. that would be pretty unique. And Hardman should still theoretically see a good amount of snaps too with like, cause Robinson was out for COVID protocols, right? So he didn't even practice that much over the last week and change. So even if Watkins is back in, like. One thing I'll say though, is if we're going to play Hill and Hardman, it's pretty tough to leave out Mahomes. You're probably talking about multiple long touchdowns. We well, cannot we're afford him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we do have rush equity with both those guys. Yeah, and this is where I was kind of circling back to that idea of not necessarily having to play Brady with Mike Evans. I mean, mm -hmm. the way to maybe play it if we did get rid of Brady would to do a 5-1 Chiefs onslaught with Evans and the captain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or, or taking another pass catcher from Tampa Bay instead of Brady, like taking a... Well, or take some other way to capture... Uh, Tampa Bay's touchdown upside. <laughs> We're definitely talking about a game that is going like way up towards the, the game total or is an over because it's got long touchdowns that are quick and they, and they put points on the board and then Evans is scoring on the way back and maybe Tampa's yeah. trailing. Like this can work without Brady because there's so many points flowing is kind of what we're telling in our little Because the passing offense is, is centered through Evans 
in a way that it's not on the other side. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. yeah. Or there's just, you know, eight or 10 really good plays in the game and Brady is good, but not one of the optimal plays. Right. Yeah. I would say another guy who might be a good pairing with Evans. If you're just capturing, you know, say a decent amount of short touchdowns, uh, Gronk, I think might be a logical other pairing here from capturing bucks points without a massive Brady day. Gronk's routes were up a lot. Like he ran double the routes of Brate last week, which I think people may not know. Like I think Brate's probably to be overplayed a bit compared to Gronk. So I don't hate the idea of Gronk at all. And Brate was downgraded yeah. to a do not practice today after uh, limited yesterday. So he, there's a chance that like of all the questionables, he's hmm. the one that might actually miss. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's wild that 1800 dollar difference in their salaries their entire snaps routes have both been trending in opposite directions and yet still early in the week before the q tag Brait was catching more ownership um but that has to flip now when you factor in price and injury and all that stuff i don't know how Brait could be more popular than gronk i agree yeah yeah gronk also went six for 106 when they played uh earlier this year too against the uh against the chiefs so if we did do that, that leaves us with 6,400, which is actually, I think, a good range to be in, again, with this being a more balanced build and a lot of people going studs and duds. Um, yeah, we can just throw in Blaine Gabbert. And, and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that is a million-dollar winning pick right there. I mean, if Brady got hurt early, <laughs> the real logic there. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, otherwise, I would probably say, what, we just uh, go Darrell Williams or Watkins? Yeah. Yeah, if we're going Tyreek Hardman, Watkins, that could be tough because we don't have Mahomes and the captain. I was looking at Darrell and it sounds like you're kind of looking that way too. Yeah. yeah I would think yeah. Darrell because like I normally wouldn't. So like the, one of the groups that I set normally is like QB plus two pass catchers in the flex spots, because otherwise you want it to be a captain or you want one of them to be a captain. So I think Darrell is like, we're assuming that the chiefs get up early because they kill it with Hill and Hardman. And then Williams is just running out the clock while Evans and Gronk are kind of nickel and diming. Yep. I was going to try to put this into my sheet and see how many projected uh, dupes there would be for this contest that has 653,000 entries in it. What are the odds you think of there not being a chop amidst this tournament? I mean, it's, it's probably pretty low. Well, okay. One thing that you can do with this type of structure is, or this type of tournament, I mean, I mean, is that you can build a lineup that works and then swap out someone for someone at a lower price to just try to get unique. Right. In this case, we could swap out Gronk for Gretch's boy, Tyler Johnson. Hang on. Yeah, keep keep talking this through because I'm going to try to – I'm going to look – I'm going to put this lineup in manually and see how uh, how chalky it's looking here. Yeah, they, are you, are you are, still feeling good about Tyler Johnson? I'm not. I'm not feeling bad. <laughs> uh, I just brought him up today as an anytime touchdown bet uh, option. You have Bray injured now, so there's probably likely to be more three wide receiver sets. Brown, even when healthy, wasn't running 
uh, a full slate of routes every week, and now he's questionable as well. And so he's probably going to play Antonio Brown, but you've had almost at all times Tyler Johnson and Scotty Miller rotating in for some routes in, in almost every game. I like him as a as a like low end touchdown bet. I don't know if I love him as a multi catch. Like he's got to probably do more than just score in this situation, you know. And it's tough, but Miller um, Miller has or Miller bumped up to twenty routes last week with Brown out. In the first two playoff games, Tyler Johnson and, – and last week, Tyler Johnson ran 11 routes. First two playoff games combined, Tyler Johnson ran 18. Miller only ran 10. So Johnson's role stayed static at like this nine routes per game, 11 routes per game. Miller went from five routes per game in the first two playoff games up to uh, 20. And then he was the guy who was playing as the number three before Brown was even on the team. But Johnson is this guy that rotates in. He plays in short area uh, of the field. He had four targets inside the 10 this year, and he only had 17 targets total all year. So they actually use him in the in the red zone. Scotty Miller had zero targets inside the 10 this year. Like They don't use him in that role. So I could see Johnson being a, a surprise touchdown scorer. I don't know if I love him in DFS, though, because you're probably only getting like 10 routes. You, you're going to need a little bit more than that. If you're trying to win, like he's single digit owned and uh, like, so I'm looking at awesome projections, the guys who were single digit ownership, which for me is like for NBA, that's what I do for my sorting process. I just want to make sure I have one guy who's under 10% and that's Robinson, Miller, Bell, Tyler Johnson, McCoy, Pringle, Kaiser, Seals, Jones, Tanner Hudson, and Anthony Sherman. Those are all the guys like listing all those guys out. Like Robinson's the only single digit guy I would even consider going to really. I mean, I guess it's Miller, Johnson, or Demarcus Robinson out of that group. Robinson's sort of interesting. Yeah, Robinson is pretty I, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, he's one of the, he's one that's been tough for me to square in that I think he's going to be a popular pick based on the stud and dud uh construction, but his current ownership projections aren't that high. So I don't really yeah, know. Yeah. The difference like I just made a case that you could like Johnson to score on tennis routes. The difference with Robinson is he's going to run 25 30 routes minimum. Yeah. Like he, he's gonna, he could catch five or six balls in a way that you probably can't bank on that with Johnson, right? And it looks like he'll have about half the ownership of Hardman, so we could potentially pivot from Hardman to Robinson. It's not a bad option, but that does kind of kill the deep ball thing because Robinson's not a deep ball guy; he's like a, a ch- like a cheap end zone target guy. Yeah, well, I don't know. I have it in my like. Whenever he blows up, he seems to catch a, a long touchdown. It's like. No, two times in the last three years, but <laughs> <laughs> okay. I've I've finally done calculating it. It says in this field size, based on our ownership levels, this lineup is projected to be duped ten point four times. It's honestly not that bad. Like we got fairly contrarian with this, like right from yeah. the jump. Yeah. It is interesting. As far I mean, I don't know. I don't love like having a projected dupes of ten, but we're not playing anyone off the board. We're playing. We're not like yeah, doing true. anything weird. These are all reasonable plays. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like the play. If you did want to get that, I mean, you would have to go fairly off the board. I'm sure if we put in a kicker uh, instead of Darrell Williams, and both the kickers are projecting fine, that would probably drop us down even more. And then if you really wanted to go off the board with a Pringle, a Tyler Johnson, whatever, you could you could maybe get this to one or two dupes, I would think. 
The kickers huh. are, I think that's one thing that's always supposed to be undervalued is the kickers normally because people just don't play them or they play both and you're not, you're really not ever supposed to play both either. Um, yeah, I mean, Bucker, I think projects pretty well normally and he's probably got a, you know, floor around 10 fantasy points in this kind of spot. Yeah, I was surprised too when I ran the optimals uh, in a hundred lineups. Butker was showing up in thirty-two percent, and yeah. uh, the other guy uh, was showing up in twenty-three percent. Yeah, Ryan Suckup not not Ryan as important Suckup. as Butker. <laughs> you really all the Ryan Suckup fans are never going to watch the show again now. Yeah, the Rojo fans will be satiated. The Suckup fans will be livid. <laughs> Henny Captain is uh, definitely how you make a unique lineup. Bad. Yeah, <laughs> you can play all the studs after that. All right, are we chopping this four ways? Uh, I'll, I'll use it. crowns, splash play crowns budget here, and we can all uh, have two hundred fifty thousand. I guess it'll probably be if we split it ten ways. That's a hundred thousand. We're looking at twenty five thousand. Then we're looking at taxes. I think we could each maybe bring home fifteen to sixteen thousand on this, guys. And then also, <laughs> don't forget your cut too, Pete, because you're the one who's putting it in. So that's yeah, you I think, a little big for yourself. I will take the twenty dollars out of the winnings too. Uh, so um, how much money can I spend before Sunday? Fifteen, sixteen thousand. Fifteen to sixteen, depending on okay. how you're kind of filing uh, yeah. this year. <laughs> uh, there you go. There you go. But the true, the true thing we're trying to win here is the splash play prop betting contest that's the most important part i mean a million dollars would be great but but fifty dollars cash for me plus a man's <laughs> coin which you can cut with a cutco scissor and <laughs> a steph curry top shot card i mean are you kidding me from the top shot king himself who uh i mean Pete, what are you up on top shot now actually are we ready to do the top shot intervention part of the show now where we all uh, I am not qualified oh, to do any top shot uh, interventions. If literally, Pat is the worst influence in my life right now for top oh, shot. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't know that. It's not even close. <laughs> it's so true. I was done. I was literally done spending, and I have spent uh, way too much uh, recently because of Pat. Yeah, like directly because of me. Like I have to send him <laughs> thousands of dollars. Yeah, so, like <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> I'll break your kneecaps. <laughs> Where's my money, Pete? Where's my money? <laughs> Let's just say we all need Rojo to win MVP. <laughs> I'm down for the intervention, though, Spags. I have not bought any top shots. These well, guys. I'm, I'm terrified the bottom is going to drop out the second that I'm like, well, let me plunk down 1500 bucks on something. And I'm just going to be like, everybody's going to move on to something else. And I'll just be there holding the bag like Dogecoin. You can just something. do what Pat does and keep buying as the bottom yes, drops Spags, That's already happened. So uh, <laughs> you should jump in there and uh, scoop that dip. <laughs> well, did you see it? Like there have been some people mad on Twitter about like the stock stuff and this. And they're like, influencers are peddling these things. And then the poor people are the ones coming in late. And then they're left holding the bag. And it's like, welcome to everything in the world for the last 100 years. It's just like Twitter just accelerates it a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, those like doze to the moon rocket ship tweets seemed pretty legit to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it had enough emojis on there where they had to have some credit. Yeah. What could go wrong? <laughs> yeah. Um, I did just, yeah, thinking of the man scoring the Cutco, that would have been such a good man's bit of trying to find a Cutco salesman to try to cut through a, a man's coin and then them not being able to do it. Uh, I should probably try it. It's that. almost been long yeah. enough where you could bring the character back and it's going to have a yeah. whole new. How have you not hired like a fake Cutco guy to be like, I just can't <laughs> cut through this? It's too awesome. <laughs> I think this is the future, man. I've been able to cut through every other precious metal in my entire life. 
<laughs> what is this uh, non-fungible? <laughs> Honestly, though, can we talk about the man's thing for a second? I mean, we can jump off, but I, I want to like just say that I think there could be like a renaissance for the man's thing because people still want the coins. Like, yeah, there's this uh, comedian who I don't know if you guys have seen. He went viral like a couple months ago, but he goes by like Uncle Roger is like the character name, and it's like this Asian guy who reviews fried rice is basically his bit, <laughs> but like does it in a funny way where like he went like he railed on some BBC rice and that became his bit. But he was like a Malaysian comedian before that for years, and now he's got to play the character, but he does it in a way where he's like oh it's an uncle roger video but then he'll break character for 30 seconds and be like oh this is me nigel the smooth like malaysian guy with a british voice and then he'll just go back and forth and i feel like that could easily be you you're big enough now you could do it well here's the thing i i have a, an addictive personality and i go all in on things and it's just hard for me to do like one man's video or two it's either like i'm committing to a summer's worth of making man's videos i will say something though I might have put an order into the distributor for more man's coins. So <laughs> now wait, 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 distributor. On Can we just go back to you with the, I have an addictive personality <laughs> and go all in on things with like top shot. <laughs> yeah. Hang on. I would, <laughs> man's coin you lit. Say? You mean, right? Yeah, you didn't yeah. make any more man's coins. Well, I'll, I'll figure it out later. <laughs> I was promised. <laughs> I was promised they were not inflationary. My value is going to drop like Doge. Manscoin might be a little more centralized than people were hoping for. <laughs> By the way, one of these is Manscoin and one of these is Manscoin lit, and I have no idea which is which. <laughs> that's uh, that's a flaw in the in the code. I think <laughs> they look exactly the same. The uh, it actually costs a little bit more to get the gold finish than it does the silver. I learned that. Okay. <laughs> But they already still have my mold intact from two years ago, so might as well fire up another batch. <laughs> the man's coin winner is over. <laughs> um, okay, should we wrap this up, Spags? Yeah, I think that I think that works. Let's get the good plugs in. Obviously, ship chasing is what people should be checking out. But but Gretch, Pat, the floor is yours here. Please plug whatever you want because we appreciate you guys coming on and doing one more splash play when we we're so desperate for anybody to join us on a Friday night. I mean, I, I got nothing going on right now, so I've just been plugging Ben's Substack. Keep subscribing <laughs> to that. Ben is cranking out an article no, a day. My, my Substack that ended at the end of the regular season that these guys keep trying no, to. No, he did some people. article about our best ball team I never read. So, you know, you can read that. <laughs> I don't know if you, you probably didn't see this, Spags, but um, it, this was a week ago on Wednesday, and this was at the height of like Top Shot Mania, and Pat oh, and I were just, our, we were just completely out of it for this show, and we were reviewing a best ball draft we had done the week prior and had just finished up, and Gretch wrote this entire Substack article about it, and we were going to talk about it, give our takes and stuff. Neither Pat and I read it, and then we kept just like, thinking we were really smart for like coming to conclusions Ben had already written about in the article during the day. Well, the best part every is time we make the point, Ben's like, you didn't read that either. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> the best part is I, a lot of what I wrote, we discussed while drafting and you guys looked like you were coming to this from a completely, like you had just done this draft five days earlier, but then you went to top shot world for five consecutive days of not sleeping and it's like you were reviewing a draft that you weren't a part of. And you're yeah. like coming to these conclusions for the first time. It was wild. That's how it felt. Like I came across points I had made on the podcast the week prior. And I was like, well, that was pretty smart. And Ben's like, I said that last week. 
yeah, it 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 really re-altered the the chemistry of our brains. Uh, it truly yeah. did. The um, important thing though is people are talking about the Substack, and that's what matters. Yeah, <laughs> there's are. a lot of buzz on the streets. There it is. I got I mean, a, a few a few articles at Odds Checker as well, breaking down the the game and some props and stuff. If you want to find those, they'll be on my Twitter timeline. I actually will have a dynasty rankings updated established around in about a week. There we so. go. Hey, we, we NBA, NBA dynasty rankings. NBA dynasty, baby. I got <laughs> to learn a lot of players. <laughs> oh, NBA is the best, man. I like. Uh, I've told Pete on our show, but like the last two Fridays, I've been in the hunt for the hundred K on DraftKings, and like well, the last Friday was so fucking tilting because it was a blowout with the Mavs. Go Baird and get his minutes. Then did get the minutes, and then fouled out of the game like an idiot. But like NBA, I mean, I know you guys are all NFL guys, but NBA is actually the most predictable fantasy sport by a wide margin and i feel like it's it's just so refreshing to go from nfl where it's like i every week i'm like yeah this is the week i'm gonna nail it and then sometimes you do but nba like every night it's just like yeah you're you're usually close even if you don't win anything so i would i would fully recommend nba especially nba dfs maybe not nba top shot quite so much all right i, I think see, i should spend more money on the nba i'm down <laughs> i will say I, I can't nba dfs just seems so stressful um, it's hard to make an argument of I can't let my life get consumed by NBA DFS and I yeah. let it get consumed by Top Shot. <laughs> However, I am kind of intrigued, Pat. Playing in an NBA Dynasty League sounds kind of fun. It does. Especially yeah. if it was like a best ball. I, I ain't setting that shit every Oh, day. I'm not setting it. But I'm I want to draft some dudes and I want to hold them tight. You just want your Top Shots on a fantasy team. Yeah, you're, you're right. Think right. of it in a month. <laughs> God damn it, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We are going to wrap this up. We do appreciate you guys uh, tuning in. Make sure you fill out the uh, the prop bet sheet. Bad was asking in the chat the cutoff for it. We'll do. We'll take them up till lock, right, Spags? Yeah, I mean, we're, it doesn't matter. We're not going to look at it till afterwards, but we'll make sure the timestamps are before the actual game starts. So no cheating there. And and if we do have a tie, we'll, we'll do a random drawing somehow and, and we'll do it for real this time, not just picking the guys we like. That wink. <laughs> and what we, we're getting there we'll have their email address right yeah yeah so to make sure you put in a real email address so we can actually contact you guys just in case though and most of the regulars i think we can figure out how to identify you but um if you're watching this video after the fact just make sure you put in a real email so we can just run it easy and make sure you have the the pre-cut man's coin and all the other prizes we have the man's <laughs> coin is now the main event prize everything else my 50 dollars getting worse by the second <laughs> No, it's bad. This is Spags. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to direct you. You're going to Venmo me the 50. I'll buy a moment for $50. And then this, this uh, thing so will go to the Am I just going to be giving you money and that's never going to make it to the person? You're going to turn that moment into five real moments. <laughs> I'm going to do the paperclip challenge with the $50 you send me and run it up to a million dollars on Top Shot and just tilt you. Um, all right. Thank you, guys. Please subscribe if you haven't. Um, you can head to the Teespring store and get a splash play hoodie uh spags close us out yeah we appreciate all you guys for watching hope you have a great super bowl we'll be back on monday at some point the usual thing that pete and i do where we'll text each other monday morning go like oh shit we got to do a show <laughs> time tpd but some point on monday we'll be with the full super bowl recap and then who knows what'll be going on in the channel in the off season but we appreciate you guys for watching shout out willis as well in the chat our our accountant helping us keep things on the up and up and and check out Pat and Gretch and everything. All the guys we've had as guests on Splash Play this year have been a lot of fun. So check them out too and their Super Bowl content. We'll see you guys again soon. Peace.